They say three is the magic number, and in pop culture, that's often the case. The original Star Wars trilogy, the three books of the Lord of the Rings saga, and of course, the Sugar Babes. The Premier League has its own awesome threesome, but which one of them is going to win the title? I'm Kevin Hatchard, and this is Football Only Better. Three wise men to assist me on my betting journey today. The first of them, Mark O'Hare, the Gandalf of the tipping world. I won't bother to explain that to him. Uh, Mark, the Premier League title race is all very exciting. If we look at the odds on the exchange, Manchester City 1.8 to win the Premier League title and defend their crown. Chelsea, the current league leaders, 4.2. Liverpool, who demolished Everton in the Merseyside derby, 5 on the exchange. What do we think? Where should we be looking? Yeah, it's, it's a really interesting conundrum. A fascinating title race, the best we've had in quite some time with, with three teams in the running. And I reckon if you had asked uh, the three of us to come up with an essay on why we felt one of those three teams had a, a good chance of winning the title, we could all make really persuasive cases because these three are a million miles away from the rest of the, te- rest of the teams in this league at the moment. Uh, pre-season, uh, I put up Chelsea because I felt they represented the best long-term Proposition proposition for punters, um, not necessarily the most value because uh, you know value is what it is. But uh, I just felt you know over a long term, I was happy to back a bigger price with a team I felt was more than likely to be in contention. At the moment, I'm very happy with their start. I'm very happy with their position. Probably have had the kindest schedule out of the three teams across their first. 14 games um, but they're now gonna, there are going to be a few kind of bumps in the road they've got the Club World Cup in February which they'll, means they'll miss I think two three Premier League games um, suddenly you might have an issue of fixture congestion if they go deep in the Champions League for example but the squad is big enough to bear those those players or, or that uh, sort of congestion uh, AFCON the squad's is probably... sensational isn't it Mark I mean you look you look in all areas. I mean, it's outrageous how much talent they've got there. It is. It is it's ridiculous. And you look at the players who they've kind of missed in recent weeks and even against Watford in midweek, they weren't very good. But, uh, you know, the players that they brought into the team, they're, they're all top level standard, aren't they? And I think the, the big issue for me at the moment with Chelsea is potentially Afcon, Afcon uh, you know, with Mendy going away, how many games is he going to miss? Um, out of all the players, there's only a few who I'd say are absolutely key for Chelsea to be in the, in the running. I think Mendy is definitely one of those. Um, you could say N'Golo Kante would be one, another uh, I would have thought Romelu Lukaku would have been that player as well but uh, they've managed okay without him but yeah it's interesting because um, that's something to bear in mind it's also going to be an issue for Liverpool who have just looked outrageous going forward this season but I think they're probably the weakest from a defensive standpoint of the three Um they also have the toughest run in, I think. Five of their first seven away games this season have been against bottom half teams. The toughest tests away have been West Ham and Man United. Um, I mean, they've still got to go to Chelsea, still got to go to Man City. And they're playing Spurs later in December as well, who we expect Spurs to improve week on week as well. So, yeah, you look at the away games, there's still quite a few tricky ones in there for Liverpool. And I just wonder, I'm probably overthinking this as well, but with the title now won uh, and that kind of itch being scratched a couple of seasons ago, um, does the Champions League? suddenly become the, the be-all and end-all for Liverpool towards the end of the season. That's something to bear in mind. You know, they have a, a love affair with the competition just like Real Madrid do in Spain. Uh, and then you're left with City at 1.8 and look, I, I can't be back in City at 1.8. There's there's no way I'm interested in that. Um, 
Sure, they don't have the same issues with the Club World Cup. They don't have major African Cup of Nations players missing, but they have been the most dominant performers this season. They've been to Anfield, they've been to Stamford Bridge, arguably been the better team on both occasions. Um, but, you know, if you're going to back a 1.8 shot, you know, Stinch has been talking about it all season, really, with Man City. They still lack that first-class finisher in attack, and there's talk that Ferran Torres wants out in January. I know he's not played a lot recently through injury, but suddenly that attack looks a little bit weaker or shorter in quality. Um, and yeah, I mean, that's not something that bothers me on a, on a game-to-game basis, but certainly over a longer sample, there might be a couple of games where not having the Harry Kane or even a Robert Lewandowski, who they were linked with in the summer, suddenly kind of bounces back to bite them. So I've no real interest in backing at City at 1.8, even if I do think they're probably the fair favourites and the fair odds-on favourites. I've probably made them closer to evens and 1.8, but there we have it. So, you know, at the moment, I'm happy to sort of stick with Chelsea. And I still think at the moment, they've got the points advantage over the other two as well. And I just think out of the negatives, they probably have slightly fewer than, than Liverpool. So, um, yeah, I'm happy to pack them at 4.2 again, if necessary. Now, the dashing Legolas of the piece is Jake Oscarthorpe from In for Gold. Jake, if you look at that table, he's happy with that. I can tell you he's happy with that. Uh, Chelsea top on 33, City second on 32, Liverpool on 31. What's your assessment of what you've seen so far? Very similar to Mark, to be honest. I think the everything he said there is pretty much what I was thinking. Um, I'm in full agreement with most of that. I think ultimately over the course of a season, we usually see the best defensive team come out on top. And I said, I think it's for the last six Premier League seasons, the team with the best expected goals against per game ratio um, has actually won the Premier League title. Uh, and currently that is Manchester City. So they're allowing less than 0.7 expected goals against per game, which is an absurd amount, um, especially given the fact that they've already been to Tottenham, they've been to Man United, they've been to Chelsea, they've been to Liverpool. Um, you know, and, and I think over the course of a 38-game season, the, the best defensive team will come out on top. I think the best attacking team of the three is undoubtedly Liverpool. Um, and Chelsea are probably the best sort of all-round team in the sense that they, you know, they're, they're middle of the pack of the three, if you like, for both of those rankings. Um, they've probably got the deeper squad, have Chelsea. But I, I, for me, I just think with the schedule and everything that's that, that's happened, you can look forward and, and obviously, as Mark said, Chelsea have the points advantage right now, but Chelsea have got to go to the Etihad, um, which is a, you know, a tough game. Chelsea have got to go to Man United under Ralph Ranier, which will be a different proposition to potentially what City got to face under Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Um, so, you know, all these kind of things factor in. And for me, I know it's not an entertaining bet to stake a, you know, a lot of money, to win a lot of money over a long period of time at 1.8. But I just think Manchester City, they should be, well, the price about right. I'd maybe make them a tad shorter just because I think the schedule really opens up for them. Um, and the fact that they have to play these better teams at, on their own patch um, will be hugely beneficial come the end of the season. And, and obviously, as we've said, the main issue with Liverpool is how they deal with the African Cup of Nations. Um, you know, they, they're going to lose their two best players, effectively. I know they've got Jota, who's, you know, absolutely far flying at the minute, but what makes that front three so special is that there's three of them and it's really difficult to mark all three of them at any one time. And if you remove two of them out of the equation and try and replace them in there with, you know, Firmino, we, we like Firmino, he's a great footballer. Uh, but it's the third wheel then. Who comes in? Is it Chamberlain playing off the right? Does Divock Origi come in and get game time? And then I feel there's a bit of a drop-off there. So, um, yeah, more question marks about Liverpool over the long term. Um, a, a lot fewer over Manchester City. We know they've been there and done that. Um, we know that even last season when they were getting to the latter ends of the Champions League, they were still winning <laughs> basically like a, a machine in the league. And, and that sort of shift in style from blowing teams out, 3-4-0 to 
you know, sort of managing games when they're one on two nil up and sort of saving them a few, you know, legs somewhere along the lines. Um, I think that'll stand them in good stead. Well, our ranger in faraway lands, our Aragorn is odds compiler Mark Stinchcom. Stinch, if we look at Chelsea's next game, it's quite a tough one, isn't it? Away at West Ham. Firstly, do you think they've got a genuine chance of winning it? And secondly, what do you think of this London derby at the uh, Olympic Stadium? Yeah, I mean, we I think we all agreed pre-season that Chelsea seemed like a decent bet at the price. I mean... They haven't, the price has come in, obviously. I think they were uh, sort of around about six, and now they're obviously into 4.2, as, as you mentioned. So they've got off to this really good start. But as as the guys said, um, you know, they've already played um, City at home, so they're going to have to go away to City. And um, actually, the schedule over the next sort of two months is, is very kind towards City. So I think potentially the, the best bet right now is arguably to to back City um, and then maybe lay them at the end of January when they might have gone a a few points clear. So City's next few fixtures are Watford away, Wolves at home, Leeds at home, Newcastle away. And then you look in the um, beginning uh, beginning of January, Chelsea play Liverpool on the the New Year's Day game week. So both teams, someone's going to drop points there. And then the immediate game after that, Chelsea go away to Man City. So literally, like Man City have got these nice fixtures and then their rivals are playing each other. Then they play one of their rivals at home. And we saw last season how City around this period went on, like, you know, a sort of 12 or 13 game run that basically effectively ended the contest in terms of a title race. So I think something similar could happen uh, this time around. So... I think uh, maybe you don't have to tie your money up for the end of the season. You could bat them at, at 1.8 now, potentially lay off. I could see them coming in to maybe like 1.3 or something if if they if they win these games and beat their rivals and then obviously the other teams will, will drop points because they have to play each other. Um, in terms of the game this weekend, I think Chelsea... I think Chelsea are worth a bet, to be honest. They're uh, around about 1.8 on the exchange. And if we look at the fact that City were 4-9 to nine away at uh, West Ham, and Man United were 17-20, uh, to 20, so 1.85 in decimals, I think you know Chelsea should be somewhere in between those two prices. I mean, last season they were 8-13. They were to 13. And I've been a little bit concerned uh, of West Ham sort of drop off in the last few games since the the international break. Um, they haven't won any of them, and they've they've generated less than two expected goals across those three games. I think maybe some of their um, prowess from a set pieces is kind of catching up with them. You know, I think it's a little bit unsustainable. Uh, they're joint second for for goals from set pieces. Uh, scored this season and we mentioned time and time again how good defensively Chelsea are and I think obviously defending set pieces is a lot easier to defend in open play because it's easier to be organised and if your players are better than their players they're going to have to do a lot more to score from those particular moments rather than from open play when there's a lot more factors involved. Um, Chelsea have conceded just once from a set piece this season and overall it's just six goals in 14 and, and two of those are penalties. Um, 
And Aaron Quest will miss the game against Brighton. And I think he's doubtful again for this Chelsea game. And I think his delivery is one of the key reasons for this prowess from, from set pieces. Um, Chelsea are missing uh, a few players as well. But I think this is a time of the year where, you know, the games come thick and fast and it's the biggest squad. So they're going to cope better. So I was quite interested to see, um, you know, for example, West Ham, if they lost Mikel Antonio, they don't really have a natural replacement up front. Whereas obviously Chelsea, you've got Lukaku, Havertz, Timo Werner, um, and you know, and Antonio, he's he started thirteen of the fourteen games this season, and over the last few few years, that's kind of unheard of. So I'm I kind of envisaging at some point he is going to get injured or fatigued. Um, he hasn't started more than twenty four games in the last four seasons, and over that period, he suffered no fewer than sixteen separate spells on the sideline due to injury. And I just at the moment, I just don't think he looks like his is uh, fully fit self. And I think they rely heavily on him. Um, so yeah, Chelsea eight to thirteen here last season, which they only won one nil, but they they dominated in terms of creating good chances. Um, they created over two expected goals and limited West Ham to just 0.49. Fans are obviously back, which would sort of artificially increase that Chelsea price. But then again, Chelsea have got Lukaku this season. and I think he'll probably start um, on Saturday. So yeah, Chelsea uh, uh, 1.8 because I you know, believe they've got the bigger and better squad. And uh, yeah, I think West Ham are, are struggling a little bit right now. Guess worth bearing in mind as well, Mikel Antonio playing for Jamaica as well these days as well, which obviously adds uh, its own fatigue factor. Mark, what do you make of this one with Chelsea? Odds on to take the three points. Yeah, very much in agreement with Stinch and, and got most of those points written down myself, so I'll try and scan over them pretty quickly. But um, yeah, Liverpool were a shorter price when they went to West Ham at the start of November. I know they were beaten. Uh, they didn't exactly help themselves in that game either. And West Ham sort of seized on those opportunities and, and picked up a welcome win. But yeah, Stinch is right. They've, they've kind of fallen back a little bit. They've not really built on that win since the international break. There was a, a real no-show against Wolves. And then on paper, it looks like a, a decent 2-1 defeat at Man City, if it can ever be a decent defeat. But there was a, a massive gulf between the two teams that day. Uh, West Ham only had five shots, four of which were from outside the penalty area. So um, you know, they can't really have any complaints about that. And then I watched most of their game against Brighton midweek and wasn't great, to be honest. Brighton were, as usual, kind of dominating possession and territory, carving out a few decent opportunities, but not really getting over the line until Mopé's wonderful overhead kick at the end. So, yeah, their front players have been a little bit muted, I think, in recent weeks, particularly since that Liverpool game. Um, so, yeah, massive improvement is required. You normally get it when they host Chelsea. It's a big, big game for, for these two teams and their sets of fans. So expect something quite feisty on the field. But I expect West Ham to follow or try and utilise kind of similar tactics and, and unsettled Chelsea as they did against Liverpool but I just think Chelsea are, are you know bullies themselves really they can handle themselves they're very physical so I don't think they'll be too kind of worried about that and uh, yeah I think um, look back to last week they were you know absolutely dominant in the game against Manchester United gave up only three shots two from their own mistakes midweek yes they weren't good enough at, at Watford but still got the points and and took all you know didn't hold back in his criticism of the team post-match so you know I think they'll react to that I think just like Stinch I think Lukaku will come back into the team now he's been on the bench a couple of times big Champions League game next week this is a great opportunity to get him up and running uh, and yeah defensively too they're just not giving away anything are they uh, the goal they conceded against Watford was the 
first non-penalty goal they've conceded in the Premier League away from home. Um, so, yeah, I mean, they only dropped points once away this season. That was against Liverpool when they were down to 10 men at half-time. Uh, and that's despite five of their seven away opponents being mid-table or better. So, yeah, I'm not going to overcomplicate it now. I think Chelsea to win at 1.8 is, is fair enough. Um, if you want to get a bigger price, by all means, chuck in under three and a half goals, as we tend to do, because that's landed in 11 of 16 away days in the Premier League under Thomas Tuchel. But uh, I just think um, leave it alone this time around because West Ham do have the potential in that final third to cause a few problems. Um, but uh, yeah, don't complicate it back Chelsea to win. So that's two sets of Chelsea to win. Jake, are you going to make it a treble? Yeah, yeah, the hat-trick. Chelsea to win. Um, just looks too big a price to me. I think, as the guy said, West Ham the last few weeks have not looked like themselves. They've not looked like the same team that had such a hot start to the season. Generated just 1.9 next year over the last three matches, which is um, a little bit of a concern given it was their attacking process that was really firing them up the top of the, uh, towards the top end of the table. Um, and Chelsea, they've really kicked on since October. Um, this October international break. Since then, they've averaged 2.34 expected goals for per game. And before that, they were around the 1.6 mark. So they've really stepped the game up in attack um, since then. And they just look, you know, really, really strong. Like Mark said, away from home, they've been excellent this season. The only team really that gave them too many issues was Liverpool. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm expecting a not a comfortable victory for Chelsea because West Ham are, you know, they deserve a bit more credit than that. But I'm not expecting an upset, shall we say that much. Well, we know it's frustrating when you get frozen out of a bet. So Betfair now offering no cash out suspensions on match odds over under and goal markets on the sports book, even during VAR reviews or when there's a penalty. Let's take in a relegation six pointer then between Newcastle and Burnley. Mark, both of these clubs in serious danger, but the odds have the Magpies as favourites. Is that fair? Um, whether it's fair or not, and they've still not won this season is is up for a question. Um, I, I prefer to leave the game alone from a sort of 1x2 perspective or, or the handicaps. I think it's fair enough. Yeah, probably Newcastle should be favourites, but, uh, you know, they're, they're a bit of a bigger price when they were midweek. But yeah, I mean, this is the second must-win match for them at St. James's Park this week. The first, of course, ended 1-1 with Norwich, where almost the game plan goes out the window because of Kieran Clark's stupidity. And from there, I was actually quite impressed by their sort of defending. It was quite diligent considering Norwich had a large proportion of the possession and territory and were kind of pushing to, to try and get into the game. But Newcastle defended yeah, pretty well. Yeah, but Mark, well. a back three of you, Stinch and Jake, would look defensively <laughs> diligent against Norwich. <laughs> this I mean, is, this is true. <laughs> they don't exactly pack a punch, do they, let's be fair? No, no. And uh, yeah, I mean, the whole game was a bit of a, a sort of no-show affair, really, because the atmosphere was pretty raucous. The fans were behind the team. Everyone knew the importance of the game, but uh, the red card sort of ruined it for everyone, really. So I'm hoping we'll get the, the game we all hope from from these two now on the weekend, because I think if you look at the actual 11s, regard, like exclude tactics altogether, if you look at the 11s that Eddie Howe's been picking, really, really strong attacking players, uh, not much defence there. So, you know, if you look back to his Bournemouth team, attack was always the best form of defence. Uh, they always used to try and score their way out of trouble, and it most often worked. So... You know, it was only a penalty midweek, but Newcastle um, have only failed to score in three Premier League games now this season. They've scored multiple goals in four home games as well. The issue is defence, still no clean sheet. And I suspect those trends will continue this weekend because Burnley, I've been relatively impressed with in recent weeks, despite results. Uh, Man City, I think, are the only team to beat them since mid-September. Um, yeah, they're second bottom. Uh, they've not been as bad, I think, as the league table suggests. The data's been okay, um, if not sort of still bottom half, but not as bad as probably what we assume with the results. And um, 
going forward, Maxwell Cornet has made a big difference too. Um, you know, before the midweek nil-nil with Wolves, which seems to be a regular occurrence now in Wolves games, um, Burnley has scored twice or more in three or four games. They'd scored at Stamford Bridge and they've generated 1.36 XG in those four games, which was actually the fourth best. Um, and actually only Liverpool's matches were producing a, a higher XG total across that four-game sample. So, you know, this isn't boring old Burnley. They've been quite good fun, actually. Um, they'll also see this as a must-win match. Uh, I think they'll be very confident in their own ability to score and cause Newcastle problems. They've only failed to score at City, Liverpool and Wolves. Uh, statistically, three of the best defences, if you look at the, the underlying numbers. Uh, and they've only managed one clean sheet themselves all season. So BTTS has been the right bet in eight of their 13 games and 11 of Newcastle's 14. Uh, I think must win game. Both teams finishing their chances. Eddie Howe picking an attacking team. I think goals on the agenda and BTTS 175 is the bet. So Mark going for goals, Jake. Is that the line you're taking? Yeah, same bet for me again. Um, I promise I'm, I'm not copying Mark. These are my actual notes. <laughs> Have um, you been creeping into the house again in the middle of the night looking at his notes? Okay. I've warned you about that. <laughs> Honestly. I'm that desperate to see him, yeah. No, um, yeah, both teams to score just seems, screams the obvious bet here. Um, Newcastle, they've obviously, it's, it's a big week for them having played Norwich and Burnley. Um, yeah, I, I thought they were okay against Norwich. I thought that they're... They looked good defensively because Norwich was so bad, which I think you were hinting at earlier. Um, and yeah, literally at St. James's Park, it's been chances galore for Newcastle this season in terms of either end. They've averaged 1.4 expected goals for per game, which is not a bad record at home. It shows that they're creating a fair bit of few, but the same token, because they're playing so much front foot football, they're leaving themselves exposed. They're allowing over two expected goals against per game in front of their own fans, which is ultimately why they're struggling to get victories. Uh, Burnley... Unbeaten in four, they've shown that they are capable of creating chances and scoring goals this season. Averaging 1.3 expected goals for per game overall, which is, you know, it's a steady, steady total. Um, and away against allowing 1.8 expected goals. So they themselves are creating plenty going forward, but really struggling at the back. And um, it should be an open game with plenty of chances, given what's at stake for both teams, really. And both will come into this game thinking a bit, there's a really good opportunity to get a, a must-needed win much needed win on the on the board, particularly in Newcastle. I mean, if they come out of this week, uh, home games against Norwich and Burnley, two teams that are in the bottom four, and they've not won either of them, then that is serious cause for concern. So I'm expecting Newcastle to be the aggressors and take try and take the game to Burnley. Burnley have got the capabilities now with the likes of Cornet and Chris Wood up front, who's you know consistent when it comes to goal scoring in this league. Uh, I think we're going to see quite a lot of goals. So yeah, BTTS for me as well. Well, while Mark checks the wording of that restraining order against Jake, we'll move on to the West Midlands. Liverpool in action at Wolves. Stinch, it is a strange one with Wolves, isn't it? Because they want to play in a progressive attacking style. Thought they were great with that home win against West Ham not too long ago. But they are finding goals really, really hard to come by. Yeah, it's bizarre, really. Like You look at the league table and they're sixth. Uh, imagine what they could have done if they, they'd have beaten either... Norwich or Burnley or both you know they they were favorites obviously in both to win those games so if they if they won them they'd be fourth um so it's kind of mad really and then we think back to the beginning of the season where they were all out attacking dominating <clears throat> and lost three games 1-0 but I think anybody that watched them thought they didn't deserve to lose any of them and argue deserved to win all three so yeah it's a bit it's a bit strange um but you know obviously Liverpool have been an absolute juggernaut this season scored two or more in 18 consecutive games. But obviously that's reflected in the odds at Liverpool 
two to five to win the game. So I just thought uh, on on that, um, you know, if you chuck in over one point five goals, uh, you, you can get you go from Liverpool two to five to four to six to win. Um, so you just be losing Liverpool to win one nil, um, which I thought was decent. And then I thought, well, maybe you go for a bit of a bigger price and Liverpool to win and over two point five goals, and that gets you up to eleven to ten. There've been over two point five goals scored in Liverpool's last ten games in the Premier League, and and given the fact that over two point five is just eight to eleven, um, if Liverpool, if there are if you are to see three goals or more in the game, chances are the favourites are go, going to go on and win. So you go from eight to eleven to eleven to ten. Thought I thought again was decent, and you, so you're only losing one nil and two nil. However, given the fact that Wolves have only scored once in the last four games and are the third lowest scorers in the league with just 12 and 14, and you look back at their sort of struggles against Liverpool to break down this Liverpool team, they scored just once in the last six meetings um, in, in the Premier League. So actually, I landed upon Liverpool to win to nil at 13 to 10 because that was bigger than all the first two. Um, eight of Liverpool's nine wins this season have come to nil. And yeah, the the way the way Liverpool are playing going forward, I would be surprised if they don't manage to score. As I say, I already mentioned the fact they've scored two or more in eighteen games and against some really good teams, obviously Man City, Atletico Madrid, home and away. So I'm not suggesting I mean Wolves have been good defensively. Again, they've only conceded twelve in fourteen. But I do think at some point Liverpool will eventually turn the screw. So yeah, I thought Liverpool win to nil at thirteen to ten was quite juicy. I mean, we 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 do you know see with our eyes that maybe Liverpool are a little bit suspect at the back, but you know the results say that Liverpool have won majority of their games to nil. So yeah, just thought basically going from two to five to thirteen to ten, nearly an extra unit um, was very good given Wolves' sort of struggles offensively recently. Now, do you feel that an unfair moment has cost you a winning bet? Then let Dimitar Varbatov know. He's called Dimitar Berbatov, but we've used VAR to call him Varbatov. Let Dimitar Varbatov know you could get your bet paid out. Send any examples of this football injustice over the next few days to at Betfair on social media using the hashtag VARBATOV. And the former Spurs and Manchester United striker will make his ruling. Big game coming up in Germany, by the way. Der Klassiker Borussia Dortmund against Bayern Munich. I would push you in the direction of the sports book because you could use the bet builder to back both Robert Lewandowski and Erling Haaland to score in that game at 2.82. Lewandowski's record against Dortmund, 24 games against his old club, 24 goals. And Haaland in his Bundesliga career, 50 games, 50 goals. And he has a good record against Bayern not just in the Bundesliga, but also when they faced off in the Super Cup as well. And he is back fit. He was a substitute against Wolfsburg at the weekend, but it'd be a big surprise if he didn't start the game. So you can go for both of those guys to score at 2.82. Mark, take us to Switzerland. I'd love to take you to Switzerland, Kev. Um, it'd be a nice little outing, wouldn't it? Um, yes, <laughs> delightful. <laughs> um, we're going to Zurich uh, on Saturday. Uh, I've never been, but uh, I'm sure it'll be lovely. Um, they're currently league leading, or the league leaders, I should say, in the Super League. Uh, surprisingly so. Andre Breitenreiter, you all know very well from the Bundesliga days, yeah. is coaching there. Um, he's guided them to three successive wins, uh, including beating Young Boys. Uh, they're now top, and they've basically taken over because Basel have been quite inconsistent over the past six to eight 
eight weeks or so. Uh, they're looking for their first title since 2009. They're playing good football and I think they're really good value to win this weekend um, at home to Luzerne. Um, they've won nine of their opening 15 games. Uh, three of the six games in which they failed to win have come against Basel, all young boys. Um, and actually, if you look at their home record, it's very, very strong. Five wins from seven unbeaten games, scoring 18 goals. They've actually won the non-penalty expected goals battle win six of those. Uh, the only game they didn't had class as a draw because the two scores were, were very, very close. Um, and overall, they've actually won the MPXG battle in 11 of 15 games. And they're top three across almost all the major attacking metrics you look towards. Um, so yeah, they're about 1.91 to win this game. They're top. They're playing Luzerne, who are bottom. Uh, and they're 1.91. And now Luzerne have won once all season. They're 21 points behind Zurich coming into this game. They've kept one clean sheet all season, lost their last three games. They're winless on their travels. On paper, it looks okay because they've drawn five of those seven, but actually they've lost the MPXG battle in six of those seven games. And actually when meeting the breakaway top four, um, because who's the other team now? Uh, anyway, against the top four, Luzerne have lost the expected goals battle by an aggregate of 8.16 to 15.16. And when they're playing the big boys, they tend to concede loads and loads of chances and they fortuitously grabbed a couple of points away from home. I don't think that will happen this weekend. I think the price is far too big and they go off much shorter than they do. So FC Zurich to win. Zankt Gallen, maybe? Was that the team you were thinking of? The guy. Uh, Lugano, that's the one. Ah, there you go, Lugano. Yeah, surprise. Bit of Swiss knowledge there from Jake. Now, it is time for the world-famous podcast treble. Each of the guys comes up with a selection and our delightful traders wrap them up in a boosted treble. Now, when Meghan Markle gave that really emotional (laughs) interview to Oprah, one of the scenes they may or may not have cut was Megan talking about how Brighton are a nightmare for a treble because you never quite know what you're going to get. But she did say that Leandro Trossard is a belting little player. Oprah, by the way, more of a fan of Neil Mopé. Just for the lawyers, by the way, none of that happened. So I'm going to start with Jake. Um, I'll take BTTS in Newcastle Burnley, please. Lovely stuff. Marco O'Hare is furious you. about that, he's I can furious. tell. Uh, Stinch, what have you got for us? Uh, should we send it to Mark then if he's uh, oh, okay. unhappy? Okay. Oh. Almost like the dynamic nature of this. You never quite know where it's going to go. Mark? Uh, I'll take both teams to score at Villa against Leicester on Sunday. Oh, and we'll be talking about that game in our Sunday show, so make sure you catch up with that one. So that leaves you, Stinch. I was going to go for Villa Leicester. Um, okay, so I will go. <laughs> so much disappointment in this travel already. Parody off, yeah. I will go for um, Chelsea away at West Ham, and that's the, the lunchtime kickoff. So hopefully we can get off to a good start. Lovely stuff. Now, that's all we have time for, sadly, on this edition of Football Only Better. Please do remember to gamble responsibly. Loads of good content, by the way, on our website, betting.betfair.com. We've got every single Premier League covered with its own individual preview. We've got all of the major European leagues as well, and a few of the leagues that aren't quite so major in our Football Bet of the Day column. From Jake, from Mark, from Stinch, from Meghan Mark, from Oprah and from me. It is goodbye for now.